All right. Hello, we are live again from the Wisconsin Sports Heroics Facebook page, the Wisco Fanatics Facebook and YouTube pages. And we want to say hello to anybody who listens to this tomorrow or in the future on any of the podcasting apps. Welcome to the Wisco Fanatics show. We got a we got a full broadcast room here today, including my wife and my oldest daughter, Lily. And we're gonna let them uh, let them talk first and then we're gonna talk about the Bucks. So Lily, you wanna say hi? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Lily, what do you like about deer basketball? We call it deer basketball for the Bucks. Lily, what do you like about deer basketball? You like Giannis? Yeah. And I think that's the mascot yep. deer. Yeah, I like Giannis and the mascot. Yep, you like Bango? Yeah. <laughs> because I got stuffed animals. <laughs> Yep, you have a stuffed Giannis that we got you when we took you to your first. You Her first Bucks game was on February second when they were still in the in the Bradley Center, and it was the day that Giannis left-handed reverse layup that gave a, a game winner against the Knicks. That was her first Bucks game that was on her birthday, actually. So we got her a stuffed Giannis on that day. So she likes deer basketball, as we call it in our house. That's a good first game to go to. Right. Say that. You guys have fun, all right? <laughs> all right. Better you guys have fun. We'll, uh, I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Tyler's family. All right. Bye. <laughs> so <laughs> we wanted to get a whole bunch of people in here and welcome people in and uh, let people talk about you know their favorite moments from the, the Bucks win last night. And um, we got our buddy Tyler Wilkins in here. We got our buddy Nick Green in here, who is a Lakers fan, unfortunately. So his heart was broken like two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> don't forget, Nick, you owe me a pie because we did these brackets before the 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 playoffs started. Jake and I made a pie bet like we do on the show sometimes. And I correctly predicted the Bucks in six over the Suns. So Jake last week took a pie. I will share that video Um shortly after we're done here today. So Nick also has to make a pie video for that because he picked the Philadelphia 76ers to win the championship with bad call by him. But um, <laughs> I, I chose the 76ers to uh, lose to the Lakers. Oh, okay. You had the Lakers pass the Bucks. All right. So, all right. So Nick, the Lakers fan, wanted to come in and, uh, and say a little piece to the rest of us who are Bucks fans. Yeah, I uh, am genuinely excited for the Bucks fans. I really thought that the Bucks are a great team. Um, I know that feeling, you know, obviously, but being it was since, what, 1979, right? Am I One. correct? 1971. So all those years. 71. That's exactly even, 50 years. That's an, even, that's an even bigger great feeling that you guys have right now. Uh, I genuinely want to congratulate the Bucks, their fans, the the state of Wisconsin. It's just really cool to watch them win. And Giannis is is just a freak and just an absolute monster. So it's really cool to watch. All right, yeah, thanks for hopping on, Nick. And for anybody else that wants to join the show, um, if you go on the Wisco Fanatics page, uh, you can scroll down a little bit. The most recent post. 
uh, has the link to join our broadcast room that we have going right now. So you guys can hop in and, and tell us your guys' favorite moments and you know where you're watching from and your favorite moments from the playoffs. But uh, we're going to kick it over to Tyler. We'll let him give his favorite moments. And let's talk to Tyler. Where were you watching from last night? Uh, I was at Altona. I had a softball game, so I missed like the, let's say about <laughs> third quarter. I missed the quarter we dominated. And then the second quarter. <laughs> then you had to watch the bad uh, quarter. <laughs> yeah. But one of my favorite moments, and I think it was a big turning point, was when Lopez had that big dunk. I think it was in third, or you yep. recall, he was coming down. Yep. Third quarter. That was, that was that was a moment that I enjoyed. I'm like, yep, here we go. And um, I, Bobby, I like enjoyed watching some of Bobby's plays, the threes, you know. Um, and just Giannis, when he tacked the rim, he, he wanted it, you know. Yeah, all his three throws that he was making. And um, Chris Middleton had, you know, a big play where Giannis screened and he hit that jumper at, right at the corner, and that was a big play for us. And that's, I don't know, that was about it. I was pretty drunk, so. Can Smoke. I? Uh... <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> what was your favorite play of the playoffs? If you had to pick one play oh. for the playoffs, what was your favorite probably, play? Probably, 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 <laughs> probably Drew to Giannis Aliou for the block. That was crazy, man. I've watched that about 100,000 times. Before. Or the Drew. Where Drew stole <laughs> went behind his back, passed oh. it to mm. I forgot who he passed it to, to got Portis. it back and passed it to Portis. Bobby. That was that was a yeah, sweet Bobby. That was I, uh, Nick, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I think I, I just wanna say my favorite part of the series was it, it wasn't necessarily one play or two plays, but every single time the Bucks needed any sort of bucket and look Giannis does what Giannis does no matter what right but every single time the Bucks needed something important Middleton it seemed like he faded away and swished a mid-range jumper right in their face and just killed any chance that they ever had and this wasn't just last night this was the whole series it was pretty insane what Middle did Middleton did the whole, whole playoffs, playoffs even yeah whole playoffs yeah yeah he was let me say, man, before the season, uh, I said that I had a love-hate relationship with Chris Middleton because I love his game. I hate that he's so inconsistent. And I said that nothing matters to me until he gets to the playoffs and shows me that he can show up when it matters. I'll tell you what, he made a lot of people, including myself, eat their words, and I'll gladly eat my words because we got a title out of it, baby. Chris Middleton was massive this entire playoffs, man. Game winner against Miami round one, game one of the playoffs. He was huge against Brooklyn, obviously carried the weight against Atlanta when Giannis was out for two games. And, you know, in the finals, man, he just made big bucket after big bucket. He was one that really put the game away last night on top of it, you know. So mm -hmm. Middleton was the man last night. He's been the man for the yeah. whole playoffs. I shared a, a stat with you guys that Chris Middleton had tied LeBron James for the most go-ahead or game-tying field goals in a fourth quarter or overtime and that was like a week ago so that was even before games four five and six with phoenix and he just continued to be clutch you know all the way through all of that so seeing seeing chris middleton have a really for the most part consistent playoffs like he still had his games where he struggled shooting um 
some of that just some unlucky bounces, some of it not getting some foul calls, but you know, some of it's just a bad shooting night. But overall, um, he averaged 24 points, I believe, for the whole playoffs, and he really was the second star to Giannis, and then you know, obviously having Drew, who is a star on the defensive end, and then can still give you some good offense. Um, it was just a really awesome, a really awesome run through the playoffs. So um, let's move on to Jake. Jake, what was your favorite moment through this playoff run? I know you said you had like four before we started the show, but. This is so tough for me, man. I mean, the block on Aiton was incredible, in my opinion. His ability to guard the pick and roll and then flip over and block a shot. That was crazy to me. Then, obviously, you know, the play that my buddy Tyler, Big Schmo, brought up, um, the alley-oop. They called it – the Bucks called it on their Twitter. They called it their own version of the alley-oop, which was just disrespectful. <laughs> um, watching Giannis go up to his family yesterday after everything that he's been through uh, really made me kind of emotional, honestly, because I'm a family man myself. You know, I pride myself in doing everything right for my family. But for me, the number one moment, in my opinion, because it's close to my heart, was Game 7 versus the Nets. That was the day my daughter was born. And that was really the day to me that, you know, Giannis and the Bucks took a really big step. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That was funny. <laughs> I like that one. Um, that was the day when we beat Kevin Durant in his house. I know it's his first year in Brooklyn, but we beat Kevin freaking Durant. So Giannis and the Bucks stepping up on the road being Kevin Durant. I'm not going to even mention James Harden because he's a bum in my opinion. Whether he's 40 pounds overweight or he has a full Achilles tendon or whatever he was hurt his hamstring. I don't care about James Harden. He's a bum to me. And next year he's going to be a bum with those new rules. Same with Devin Booker and Trey Young. I can't wait yep. to watch him play real basketball. Yep. That's going to be fun, actually. But yeah, I would say Harden's going to have to make a big adjustment. And so is Trey Young. Devin Booker. Dude, they got to start Young's calling have some big adjustment. Wing, bro. What the hell is that? that oh, my God. Deep. All right. So I sent it. I know I sent it in one of our in one of our group chats. But listening to Ted Davis talking about Devin Booker's, his little his little chicken wing thing, and then playing that chicken wing song on the radio, I lost it right after that. I laughed so hard because Ted Davis was talking about that chicken wing move. And then he plays that song right after that. And then Ted Davis goes, they should play that while Devin Booker's shooting free throws. I, I laughed so hard thinking about that. But it's that annoying. Be, it's that, that chicken wing song. Let's be oh honest. Oh, my God. That was so funny. Booker got that from Harden. That's the originator of this entirety, the entirety of what's the problem with the rules these days. It's James Harden. That's the core of it all. These guys aren't doing it because – they're just like, hey, I, you know, one day I just decided I'm going to do this to people and they're not going to call it. It was really watching this guy score 40 points a game with 26 free throws and watching him do that. Okay, I'm going to respond to a comment uh-huh. here. Dylan, I don't actually there was think one James play. Harden's a bum. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't actually think James Harden's a bum. He's actually very skilled. He's a great shooter. Obviously, he's a great free throw shooter because he can make 25 out of 26 free throws when he goes there. You know, going off Nick's comment. James Harden's a very talented player, great ball handler. He's a good, good passer, you know, but I just hate how he plays. It's so tough to watch, man, when he when he's controlling the entire game, shooting that many free throws. Like, I don't want to watch that. I think what you're trying to get at is, like, it cheapens how good he is when he does that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it doesn't – mm-hmm. I don't, I don't yep. appreciate that. I don't appreciate watching him shoot free throws. You know, there's a video on – you know, through a YouTube video, you know, of people getting fouled and chill out moments. And Harden is responding to a fan in the crowd. 
and people are like, James, we don't want to watch you shoot 20 free throws. And he goes, well, people don't want to watch fouls either. Well, dude, it's not always a foul. I mean, Jay Crowder got a really bad one yesterday. Uh He flopped for a three, and he made that and one. I was like, come on, man. They got to really, really dive into that. Yeah, Chris Paul got some lucky ones last night, too. They got a few of them last night. Yeah, they got a few of them. Chris Paul got one for sure where he was shooting a mid-range jumper, and Giannis just landed near him, and Chris Paul just fell down. Yeah, and he got a fumble call. Oh, that was like, like, that's, that's the kind of that thing running, that, like, that running jumper he did, and all he did was just fell down, and no one got near him. Yep, I agree, Dylan. I agree. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Um, the other thing they didn't call it; they didn't give Booker the fumble call, and I'm really glad they didn't. There was a play where he was doing a runner. He was on like so the rim is here, and he was doing a right-handed runner, and Brooke Lopez came to contest it, and Booker went like this to get Brooke Lopez's arm to hit his off arm and they didn't call a foul. And I'm really glad that they didn't because it's obviously not a foul. And it's only because Booker like went like that and swung his arm up. Booker created all of that contact. And that was the only contact on that play. So I was really glad that they didn't give Booker that foul call. But again, uh, like, like we just had my coworker, Mike. That's, I was just going to say, that's another James Harden thing that they learned, though. James Harden will literally grab someone like this and then go up, and they call the foul yep. for him, and you're like, why? They they called oh, Chris Middleton for a foul on Aiton. Oh, yep, that's exactly – yep, DeAndre Aiton did the same thing. He stealed Middleton behind. off. Middleton went like this with Middleton's arm right like 60 here. Pounds yeah. and inches and uh, – I think as fans of basketball, we're all really hoping these rule changes just get rid of this stuff that we don't want to watch. I don't want to watch that. I genuinely do not like watching that. Yeah. The other thing that I hate is is I see Booker and Trey Young do it a lot. Is the the head the head flick, and then Booker Booker just yells every time he shoots. Like that's how (laughs) in the Bucks regular seasons games with the Suns, right at the end of the game, he like PJ Tucker like nicked his elbow with like his pinky and Booker just yelled and he got a follow call. Like he acted like he got slapped in the face with like a yardstick and he just yelled and got a follow call. <laughs> what were you going to say, Schmo? Oh, that play when Middleton got that fall on Aiton where Aiton actually hooked him. Yeah. And that was his third fall in the second quarter, I think. Yeah. I'm like, but I was thinking Bud should have yeah. challenged that right. But Chris actually stayed. He didn't get any more falls after that. But I was worried. I'm like, we can't lose Chris. He should have no. challenged that. Nope. I don't care. Yeah, Middleton had to play. Middleton had to play kind of conservative after that too. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of unfortunate. But um, Middleton doesn't really get in a lot of foul trouble. So there was really only one or two plays where Middleton, you could see, he kind of took a a more passive approach, like. There was mm-hmm. where, where Bridges was trying to go for the dunk, and Middleton kind of just like put his arm past him. He didn't actually try to swat at the ball, and it, then it yeah. caused Bridges to miss the dunk. So I mean, he still, you know, he still did what he had to do. He didn't uh, didn't get any more foul calls. So um, it's just an unfortunate situation where honestly the call could go either way. Like Dylan said, just taking advantage of how the refs play the game. It's it's true, and it's a dumb thing. And we can you know we can watch the replay of it five times and be like, oh, you know, it's Aiton that's doing that. Aiton that's drawing that that contact, or Aiton's the one hooking his arm. It's it's just an unfortunate thing, but you know we can see that after we watch all the replays, and obviously the refs don't have that luxury while they're refing a game. 
that's one thing that sucks about basketball is it's always like, oh, you know, it could have gone either way. We need a better structure than that of what is the call here? What what are you supposed yeah. to call? Like, either way shouldn't be the answer. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Cody, yes, yeah. you did. You did call that Middleton. My coworker Brad just hopped in and he said uh, – <laughs> My coworker Brad hopped in and said the Bobby technical, which we were all surprised was turned into oh, a gif almost instant goodness. when uh, <laughs> Bobby Portis got a got that foul call on Jay Crowder for not following him at all, and then he he did a a, a full jet hands sprint walk down the floor. And it was a yeah, high knees. And I don't know how to call it. Why is that a technical? Yeah. He's so weird. Someone tell me why that's a technical. Because right? it's running away running away from the ref is the technical. Because what they say is that you're upstaging Game the ref. Seven, Joakim oh. Noah got called for it in the playoffs a couple years ago, too. You just yeah. So and then the are... thing that annoyed me about that <laughs> was literally two plays two plays later, Devin Booker dug get a foul call when Drew strips him clean like drew holiday lets booker drive right into his body goes like this pokes the ball away from him gets a steal and then like right after the next dead ball drew holiday takes off running down the floor doesn't get a technical yeah um can we all agree that the refs just have a little too much power here it, it's turning oh, that's every sport well, I but I think basketball in particular the refs have a very strong hold on the game itself Whereas baseball, let's be honest, like unless you're calling a few bad strikes, the refs really don't have a whole lot to do with it. And football, it really is circumstantial. Football, yeah. Like it's it's not as like black and or, I mean I'm sorry, gray as basketball is. Football is a little more black and white. Basketball or football is a little more black and white. Basketball is just it, it's chaos sometimes. One game, game game two of the finals, they called the game so opposite of game three of the finals for whatever reason it was game one was really bad yeah why i'm gonna say this about football refs um you're not gonna convince a lot of packer fans that refing isn't bad after watching that nsc championship game i'm just gonna say that right now because that was terrible just 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 history in general for the Packers. As yeah. far as how, how are you going to let it go for for 57 minutes and then you know 50, minute 58 now we're calling this now okay sounds good thanks guys hurts my heart it's gonna it's gonna be a sore spot, but obviously the the fail Mary is still a situation where it's like how do you how do you mess that up? Like I, I still like how do you not? And there's rival fans that will say like why yeah. does that matter? And you're like well that was the difference between the first seed and what was it the third seed I believe that was the difference between home field advantage that year in the playoffs. Yeah, one game. Oh yeah. So, so, to to Seattle so Nick, to your point about the incremental parts of it, I have literally a whole list of the refs making it about them and not about the game. And that's something that Jake and I have detested over and over and over again is whistles in sports. They're just never, they're just never a good thing. I mean, obviously you have to call the stuff that's obvious, but when you get into these really, really nitpicky situations, like 
for example, the Brooke Lopez being called for the basket interference when Drew Holiday threw him a lob. The oh. ball was like this far in the cylinder, which sure, you can call that. But the fact that like a minute and a half before that, they don't call Jay Crowder for pulling that while Giannis's shot is still bouncing on the rim. Like, there's, that, I mean, you're going to call one, you've got to be calling the other. And if you don't call one, then you can't call the other. That's the same situation as the Packer game. Yep. Yep. The lack of consistency is, is alarming to fans. And mm-hmm. I get it. I totally get it. Look, mm-hmm. When we're in the chats, we all admit, like, we don't want to complain about the refs. That's not what we do. That's not what we're about. But there are definitely circumstantial uh, places that we hold where this is just BS at this point. Like, I can't justify what the refs are doing sometimes at all. I'm not a Bucks fan. But there was times I just sat there last night and I was like, this is just really, really bad. Bad refing. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, I definitely want to thank you for jumping in the in the comments and um, would invite you to follow the Wisco Fanatics page if you're not already. Um, we got some – we do pie bets and stuff like that. So um, bottom bottom left here is my buddy Nick who's going to have to take a pie for uh, not picking Next the Bucks to win the championship. Jake got one last week. <laughs> I've had two. Um, but yeah, he, he, yeah, Jake said two. He also got one for March Madness. Uh, so <laughs> um, – so- Dylan Sorry. brought up a good stat saying that Devin Booker was 0 for 7 on threes last night, which is definitely worth mentioning. And just the defense that was played on him as this season went on, obviously there's there's no stopping a player like Devin Booker because he's so gifted offensively, but it's about contesting shots and you know doing your best to slow down and contain impacts and things like that. So that, that 0 for 7 on threes last night is a big deal, and that's uh, – Credit to the Bucks defensively. Um, well, let's be honest. Booker's not a ahead. great point shooter. He's just not. But when he's on, you got to do something. It's it's very it's very good that you guys have Chris Middleton, especially this year in the playoffs. That length was bothering Booker, like absolutely bothering Booker in every way. And then. You have that backup defense of Brooke Lopez. There was Giannis that swatted him that one time where he just thought he was just going to go yep. right to the rim, and he just smacked that back at him. Dude, I love, I love Giannis. Even Connaughton last night. Yeah. So Giannis is the first player in a, in a finals game to have 50 points, 10 rebounds, and five blocks. First player ever in it finals history. a legendary performance in the finals. That's There's nothing short of that. That's what it and was. He had like two or three blocks that they called goaltends. I think two blocks for sure. Well, there was one that it actually did yeah. show it did hit the record. It touched the backboard. Yeah. yeah. He was Dude, right Giannis there. Giannis had those blocks where he just kind of spikes it to the ground. I'm like, Jesus, Giannis. That's so mean. I was talking about the ball down and looked at Bucker like, <laughs> no, nah, not in here, little homie. <laughs> Stay out there by that line over there, all right? And, and then what Booker do? He went, um, <laughs> Oh, boy, here we go. So it was – oh, we got another guest joining the show. Yeah. Troy, yeah, I see you in the comments, hey. Um, Goatnet is in the building. Um, even – so we, we talked about Drew. We, we talked about Giannis. We talked about Lopez. Pat Connaughton played some really good – on Booker last night. He got a couple of foul calls, but 
he he really played some really good defense on Devin Booker last night, and Pat Connaughton deserves some credit. Well, so Pat, what's got up? A, a bunch of threes, though. Pat Connaughton has a tendency to shoot threes when he's not hitting, and last night he, hmm. he wasn't necessarily. I think he was over four. Yeah. So, but at the in the fourth quarter, if you watch back, he pump fakes instead of shoots and starts passing off. And he and drives. Like, That's what you guys needed. Yep. Hey, last night yep. was a PJ. Yeah, Aaron, you're, game. you're saying it. That's exactly what we're talking about. He, last night was a PJ. Jake and I have, have exactly expressed our, our, yeah, he's very important to this run. Very important. PJ Sam, Tucker. thanks for hopping in. Fear the deer for sure. I actually had my my Fear the Deer shirt on that Jake and I um we both bought when we went to a Bucks Raptors playoff game in what like 2018 the shirts outside the Bradley Center. That's the shirt that I had on last night during the game oh, underneath my Yamas You still have his bobblehead, dude? Yep. Yes, I do. It's right there. With the, with the I got poster, it right here. Bro. He, he did, Dylan. P.J. Tucker locked up all postseason. But I think P.J. Tucker's shining light of this postseason was against the Nets. When he shut down KD at one game, it was like that was the funnest game I ever watched to watch KD just not know what to do. <laughs> he was getting dominated. That's because KD's 140 pounds and he's getting laid on by a girl. His bodyguard man. ran onto the court. Yeah, you talk about when his bodyguard ran on the court. Yeah. KG's awesome. bot, yeah. All right, so let me yeah, ask that's, dad. Still, that's still so crazy. Dad, what, what was your favorite moment of the playoffs? Just seeing Giannis last night. Let all the emotion out. I mean that, that that's yep, that's real. I, I mean that was real. Hey, can I add one? My other yeah, for, moment was yeah. Giannis. Well, you ran up to his family like Jake said right away. Mm-hmm. But my other one was like his press conference with the two trophies where he's just kissing them, or when he went IG <laughs> live with uh, his brother Thanasis. That was Thanasis. Cool. Did you yeah. see him go live today? Just wanted to be there, and he couldn't. That's what sucks, you know. I felt you, so bad for him. Live this morning, Schmo. Did you see that live this morning? Oh, the fifty chicken yeah. wings, dude. He was. I, I was watching it because I was laying in bed. It was about like ten this morning. He went through the Chick Fil A line, dude, and yeah. one of the fans touched the trophy. <laughs> oh, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, he's like, I stole these. I got to take them back. I, I kind of feel like you guys may have gotten some of that some of that feeling that I got when Kobe jumped onto the table and was doing that. It's kind of like when Giannis was sitting there on that on the um, on the bench, it is like chairs, but and he's sitting there and you can see he's like crying but not like just the rush of emotions and the happiness that Giannis had and he's sitting there crying. That was real. That was like a real moment right there. Well, people that are happy for Giannis and the Bucks, that was just that was good TV. That was wonderful TV right there, and I loved every moment of it. When when, when he got up off the bench, something where Giannis is such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Pat. When 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 he got up off the bench, I think his adrenaline. I, I bet you he could have lifted a car. It seemed like that. I mean, it was like he was. You know, he could have went WWE on somebody and just body signed <laughs> the big show or something. You know what I mean? He just. Well, 
how big Giannis has gotten over the years, I'm sure without that he could still lift a car. But I was just gonna uh, say, you see a shoulder, <laughs> probably lift my car right now. <laughs> no, he's probably crashed now. I hope so. He said at 10 a.m. he didn't sleep yet. <laughs> oh yeah. He ordered a 50-piece nugget from Chick-fil-A you know, for all 50 points. Uh, Aaron, to answer your question, uh, Giannis, Giannis will definitely have a statue someday for sure. Oh, yeah. It'll be when he retires, though, because once the statue done, it'll have all of his rings on his head. Where, um, where would you rank Giannis as of right, right so now? So for me – For the Bucks, Like you got Kareem, you got Oscar. Where are you putting Giannis now? Yeah, but after after Kareem and before Oscar, yes, hundred percent. And in a few years, Giannis will be yes, number one before Oscar. No yep. So okay, now that's really interesting yeah. to me because I think you're predicating that Giannis will stay for a very long time, unlike Kareem who left obviously. So that's probably why he'll end up being the greatest Buck ever. Hey man, he sent the tweet out. First of all, he loves smoothies. Secondly, he has he has loyalty in his DNA. Giannis is a buck, baby. I don't think I don't see Giannis going nowhere so, else. Nick, it's it's fair that you bring that up because what I say I say this to people all the time is that Milwaukee really not only got lucky with Giannis that he's you know he's the is the way that he is is that Giannis coming from a different country being in Milwaukee is already a big city for him. He's already in a big market in his mind. You look at the Deer District last night, there's 65,000 people out there in a small market. I, I just want to say my mom, who's a Warriors fan, called me and said, do you see how many people are outside the Bucks Center? I was like, what? And then they were showing it on TV. and The, it, <laughs> the fans in Wisconsin are, if they're not the best, they're up there with them. I, I'm not gonna lie. If they could have had a hundred thousand outside, they would have had a hundred thousand. I mean, yeah, they, that's that's how that's how Wisconsin they, works down here, man. They, we don't they, we don't have anything else. Lambeau Field every Packer game, eighty thousand or seventy packed to the walls, you know. And, yeah, but then outside the stadium, there's yeah. people still tailgating. Yeah. And stuff, yeah. man. I mean, it's cra- yeah. it's crazy. On I, how much. I agree, um, Amanda. I. I one of the things I really love about Giannis, and I like watching him win a championship, he really is like a great guy. Like, how could you not like that guy? He, he is just <laughs> everything that you could mm-hmm. ask for in the new face of the NBA, to be honest. They're, they have players, they're few and, and far between. There's very few players like that. You, man. you got Giannis, Luca, Zion, maybe a few others that maybe you could, but I think Giannis really has shut that door from the people under him as I'm the new face of the NBA. Yep. This is my territory now. Yep. I really think last night presented yep. that. I'll tell you what, Zion, I love yep. Zion. You know, he's, he's a good kid. But his family's starting to talk a little bit too much for my liking. People don't want people don't want his family getting involved. Like, oh, he needs to get traded, blah, blah, blah. No, we don't want to hear that, man. This is why everybody loves Giannis so much because he fought yeah. through the adversity. He didn't he never ran away from it. You know what he did? He went back in the weight room. He went back in the gym. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see people teaming up and doing all this other stuff, signing with four top five players. We don't want to see that, man. We don't we don't want to see that. We want to see a guy like can win that mother chucker, you know? Very, very Michael Jordan-esque of the early days. Yeah, that was that was dope, man. That was crazy. Yeah, Amanda, I agree. He he definitely deserved this championship, and he deserves a lot of credit. For me, 
there was really, aside from obviously the game, that there was two things that kind of stood out for me. Was one, in his yeah. championship hat. Um, it's, he was just overcome with emotion, and he had that he had that piece of green confetti that fell on his arm, and then he just went and sat on the chairs behind the basket, and just seeing like you know the the culmination of all of his hard work that he had done, and then you know feeling the the you know the we did it feeling, um, and then for other things, all the way back to the Miami series, that game two, where the Bucks were making all of those three pointers. That 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 game was so much fun to watch. Like the Bryn Forbes was splashing threes, and Connaughton's hitting threes, and Middleton's hit. Everybody's just hit threes, and they just blew Miami out. A lot of fun because I remember watching that second sitting there laughing at the time the Bucks shot it in. Well, I'm sure I'm sure your guys' most memorable game was last night, but for me, as just a genuine basketball fan. My favorite and most fun game to watch was that game seven against the Nets where Clutch KD hits the three at the end of the fourth and then Clutch KD airballs it at the end of the overtime. It, that was just the funnest game. I I don't get I, I I don't care between both teams. I'm I'm not gonna be biased for either one, but I was sitting on the edge of my seat like, oh my goodness, this is where I watch playoff basketball. Dude, I was in the room because my daughter was just born that day. So I, and my, my girlfriend's just dead, right? Cause she just gave birth, right? She just pushed out a human being. So she's sleeping. And I'm being so loud trying to be quiet in the room that four nurses come in the room and watch the end of the game with me. <laughs> They're like, what's going on here? I was like, oh, the Bucks are playing. I'm running back and forth. And I'm just like trying to be quiet because there's like two, two other people giving birth right now. And these nurses come in like, oh, let's go Bucks. You know, they don't give a crap, but. That was the craziest day. That was the best day of my life. I'm just going to say that right now. It was the best day of my life. That was crazy. Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> so I just got a notification. Um, there was a bar that was um, a bar was running a special for every free throw that Giannis made. They were giving away free shots. Oh, no. Um, what are you, 16 for 17 last night or something like that? 17 for 19, I think. Ooh. 17 for 19. 17 for 19. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that they were pointing at the bartender going, one, two, three? <laughs> <laughs> Not by the end of the night. <laughs> oh, I would have been Ooh. fucking posted if I was at that bar. It was, it was the Crow Bar and Grill. I don't know where that bar is. But the crowbar and grill was giving away free shots every time he made a free throw. Uh, could you imagine, like, hey, we're gonna go get like four free shots, and then you're like, seventeen free shots tonight. You know, for most states, that's alcohol poisoning. In Wisconsin, that's just a good old Saturday night, baby. <laughs> they're they're chasing it. That's, with a, that's a Tuesday. That's a Tuesday night in Wisconsin. <laughs> Jeez, that's an awesome story. Wow. <laughs> so, bars in Michigan. Okay. Can I can I ask you guys a question oh, about the competition? Um, how do you feel about the Suns in general? As yep. far as like, there's a lot of let, let's be honest. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happened this year, and this is not me asking in any sort of way to discredit what Giannis and the Bucks just did. They earned that. They won that. They deserve that. There, no one can take that from them. 
I'm just asking for some, you know, transparency, I guess. I'm gonna let my dad go first. Dad, what do you think about the Suns? What do you think? Th- what do you think their next move is? Uh, they need bench. Uh, you know, I, they got enough scoring. DeAndre Ayton. Hopefully, he learns from this. He's got size. He's not a Giannis where he's gonna take you off the dribble or anything. But, you know, with a Chris Paul and a Devin Booker, he fits with them. He does. Uh, I think they need a little more size and toughness. I mean, as much as we love Frank, let's be honest, man. He would, If he played like a full series, he wasn't going to hold up. He was too small. Uh, Frank, a little more athletic. He can actually take the ball and put it on the ground, you know, on the floor. Oh, true. Take a couple steps, you know. We saw that. He he could do a spin and and get a layup or whatever, kind of like Giannis. Okay, I'm not comparing him to Giannis. Yeah, yeah, but he he is somebody you know compared to Aiden. Aiden's gonna you know back and then a little jump hook or something, you know. Yep, yep. I think they really need bench help too. Well, that's right. supposed to be Cam Johnson. Yeah, but the, he's, he's useless unless he's shooting up eight three points. My answer to that question would be the the Suns really messed up by not featuring Mikal Bridges. He was my X Factor coming into this series, and we talked about it. Game two, he had 27 points, and the Suns, you know, won that game. And in game four or game three, he had four points. And then the next game, he had seven points. I think he had like seven or ten points again. The Suns really stopped by not taking advantage of using a guy like Mikal Bridges when all the attention is on Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They featured Jay Crowder a lot, who, to his credit, had some really good shooting games in this series. But um, they, to me, they have a weapon in Mikal Bridges that they just opted not to use, honestly, really. Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Um, yeah. Let's hear what Wilkins has to say, and then I'll give All right. my rebuttal. I, I think the Suns are actually a very good team. When they lost Saric early game one, I think that was a big blow because that was another big body. They didn't have any big bodies. Frank is not a big body. He's lanky. He's tall. But anyways, what I got out of that series, they're a very good team. They need to re-sign CP3 or hopefully he takes the player option. And then just keep everyone intact, give Aiton an extension. I think Aiton is like kind of the offense kind of flowed for, through him with the pick and roll. And like on defense, like Aiton was huge. I, I This series showed me how good of a player he is. Like the first two games, they dominated. And then they got him in foul trouble. And you could just see the Suns' offense wasn't the same when Aiton wasn't on the floor. So that's the defense. This is what these kind of shows are about is for me, you know, someone like me that has the opposite view of it. Um, I, someone today said that DeAndre Eaton is a, just a, a better version of Hibbert. And I actually was like, come on. And then all of a sudden I went, actually, now that I think about it, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. It's almost as if I watched the Cavs beat the Pacers again 
or I'm sorry, the Heat beat the Pacers again because Hibbert was just an enormous liability. He 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 has these moments where yeah, he can dunk the ball 15 times in a game. But what about when, just like last night, when Giannis is on him, someone like Giannis is on him, and now you have to you have to play Frank Kaminsky because you can't even have Aiton on the floor anymore. It's a liability at that point. I find Aiton to be an extraordinary player, just only in a very certain setting for this new NBA genre, if that makes sense. Um, I think Tyler made a great point about Mikael Bridges because they put all their eggs in Cameron Payne's basket, and Cameron Payne did not come through, did he? Mikael Bridges could have been that guy where Cameron Payne throughout the play in the first quarter. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know why they stopped giving him the ball in the corner. He was hitting all the shots. Um, Cameron Payne for the playoffs was amazing. And in the finals, it was like, oh, that's the real Cameron Payne, actually. So I think they have a lot of work to do. I don't think CP3 is – it. I, I almost feel like maybe CP3 should retire at this point. He, he's <laughs> he's broken down. He, he's, he's great, but – He's going places that I don't know if he can win at this point. I think that was his best chance. I'll tell you, this is my answer. Devin Booker's 22 years old. DeAndre Ayton's 22 years old. Those guys are young. They are very, very young. When I was 22 years old, I'll tell you what, I wasn't leading an NBA franchise in the finals and scoring 40 points. And and, and that's great. This is just my initial analysis of what I watched. You know what I mean? I'm just giving, like, like my outlook. I think Chris Paul – could fit great with this team because where he has where he's at in this stage in his career, I think this is the perfect fit for Chris Paul. And if he doesn't come here and the Lakers, you know, you you and Isaac, what's up, Isaac? How you doing, buddy? What's you guys up? are Lakers fans. If you guys don't get Dame, I think Chris Paul's going there because of his relationship with LeBron. And that 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 is the second best fit for Chris Paul outside of Phoenix, in my opinion. Because all regular season, you can just let Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton do whatever the hell they want to do because they're 22 years old and they got those spry legs. And then in the playoffs, you can just let Chris Paul run that high pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton. Ayton is a great screen setter. He's a great big body for a roller. So that's perfect for Chris Paul who can just roll off and hit shoot that mid-range. It's when he starts turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. Yeah, That's when you're, that's when you're starting to be like, hmm. I was about to say. But saying, you have to give credit to Drew Holiday for picking him up 94 feet. True. That's not easy on an old man. But there was also, like there was also this Chris Paul that I saw where he lost the ball where nobody touched him. Like the end of what was it? The end of game three? No, it was the end of game four. He just lost he just completely lost the ball. There was good defense. I'm not discrediting that. But he just lost the ball. He he just completely lost the ball. Like you started to see Chris Paul as in he was in a decline. I saw a declined Chris Paul as of the latter part of the playoffs. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he I would agree so that he's the thing with Chris Paul. He got tired. He was tired. Um, he could have an important role on a good team, yep. but the minutes are going to eat him up, like you're talking about. I don't think he needs to retire. I think he could play a year or two yet, but he's got to cut back the minutes way back. My, my point was, if he's not going to be on a team ready to win, then I I don't see him. Oh, I agree. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. 
That's so, right. It's, it's either Phoenix or LA. That's so, it. So that's why Jake mentioned LA because you can literally just join LA and you don't have to really do anything. You just have to be there at that point. You know, Dude, he could be the third or fourth fiddle there, and he could just be great at passing, hit an occasional mid range every once in a while, play some defense like he does. He'd fit in great with you guys, honestly. But, really but like would. your dad said, those minutes you could see it. You could see it on his face. Giannis is a Giannis can take that. He's young. He can do. It doesn't matter. You see him with his hands on his knees, and the very next play, he yams it on someone's head. I know it. It's amazing. He puts his hands on his hands on his knees, and you go, he he's done. The biggest the biggest issue with Chris Paul is he's never healthy in the playoffs. Never. There's. I mean, this series. I mean, you can see that. I mean, yeah, he got a little bit more healthy as the playoffs went on. But then you could see that he wasn't 100, percent and yeah. that's just the liability that you get if you get Chris Paul. He's the he Anthony Davis of point guards. Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. waiting for? I'm waiting for them to come up with that report that he needed soldier sur- shoulder surgery after oh, that yeah. Lakers yeah. Yeah. report. Like, oh, he played the whole season with like a torn labrum. Like, here's here's a uh, here's my thing. Come on, man. Like, yeah, cut the guy some slack. No, Chris Paul has been good long enough and played long enough that I don't need to cut him slack anymore. It is what it is at this point. Yeah, thing, uh, Chris Paul is. Oh, go ahead. Chris Paul is the only player to lose. He's Chris Paul. Chris Paul only player to lose four series. No, four series. With a 2-0 lead. Only player in NBA history. Four series with a 2-0 lead that he's lost. And they said it was Griffin a second with three. There's there's four other guys on the floor. There's how many more on the bench? You can't just put that on him. I understand. Someone said that in a group, and I actually looked up those series, and I remember a lot of those games where I went, you could actually blame Chris Paul for a lot of those games. You could. He... Has this tendency? Game, about he's a point him. guard. That's game five, especially Chris Paul. What had like three turnovers in like the final what, five minutes, and that decided the game after Booker hit shot after shot. Then oh, he just, yeah. then this Chris had, Paul just turns it over three times. It's like oh, okay, you know, Bucks like we're gonna take advantage of this, <laughs> and uh, obviously you guys won the game. You know, it's Chris Paul is I don't know he just wasn't himself, but. Well, we were just talking about that, that, yeah, he's getting older and he's – and that's what I was saying, the minutes, you know. Yeah. He can't do the minutes like, the minutes, he, yeah. like they expected him yeah. to do or whatever. He's going to have to do load management like why. Well, that goes back to <laughs> – that goes back <laughs> to Jake's point about, uh, about having a bench. Yeah. I mean, that goes well yeah. with Jake's point about having a bench and having depth that the Suns don't really have a, a dependable backup point guard. Like, yeah, like Payne, he's he's all right, but he's, you know, uh, you don't – That's he's not a veteran by any means. Like, uh, no. as much flack as Jeff Teague took, he made a difference in game five by, like Jake said this last week when we talked about it, about the full-court pressure. Like, Jeff Teague is not an all-NBA defender, but he can come in and he can give Drew a little bit of relief – and with uh, you know the absence of Dante Divincenzo, Drew you know Drew being out, Jeff Teague came in and he he gave what he had. 
and you know he's he's part of the ring and he you know he deserves some credit to go with uh, the rest of the team so um, Jeff Teague deserves a little bit of credit too me and Isaac can attest to this if you don't have a backup point guard <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you need that you need that veteran guy you know what I mean you need that veteran like yeah and I don't mean Caruso yeah. <laughs> I mean like a real backup point guard oh, okay, so I got a question I'm gonna switch the Packers real quick since people are probably wondering why are these Lakers fans talking about the Bucks, we're all Packers fans. So I just want to ask a question. I'm gonna take a poll. I'm gonna go. I'm yeah. gonna go. Wilkins, Nick, my dad, Isaac. That's the row that you guys are in on my screen. Do you think Rogers reports next Wednesday? <laughs> Wilkins, I think so. Nick, if he doesn't, we're in trouble. I don't think so. I don't. But I do think he reports a week before. The games start and he plays. I, I don't think he's reporting next week. He's gonna come a week before the season. He's a I, savage. I think it's Rogers' world right now. Hey, that's how he thinks. <laughs> that's what arrogance gets you. I agree with that, Dad. What do you think? I think he's there. Okay, Isaac. I'm going with Schefter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's reporting for sure. Nah, he, he'll be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, Tyler and I are going to go next week, and we're going to let you guys know if he's there. If he's not there, yeah. I'm buying a plane ticket, and I'm finding out where this mother heller is, and I'm getting his ass to Green Bay. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm from right. California. Put me put me on the mission. I'll be there. I, I, all right. You cover West Coast. I'll yeah. cover, like, Bahamas. I'm grabbing him by the locks and dragging him there. <laughs> um, let's be honest. If Rodgers doesn't play, we have a really, really good football team. I don't care about the notion about how Rodgers is carrying us like he did. Let's be honest, he did for many years. But today, right now today, I don't think that I necessarily need Rodgers to – and look, I'm not talking about Super Bowl winning. I'm talking about being a good football team mm-hmm. with a quarterback that we can develop and be good once again and be great. I don't necessarily feel vulnerable if we play Jordan Love. We have a great football team right now. Yeah, I think um, our running game really amped up, you know, and our O-line. You know, we have depth on the O-line. We have running. Yep, I mean, the offensive line. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And Hill, he's been turning heads. You know, he might steal a little touches from A.J. Dillon, you know, just using his speed. And, you know, I think the running game is really going to help Jordan Love's development here. And, you know, he can even, like, Kirk Cousins, you know what I mean, like, play play action passes because our running game is going to be pretty pretty good. Even with Rodgers, you know, I think he's going to utilize more of the running game himself because, you know, when you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and then Hill, and Hill comes in and for the speed, we're going to have thunder and lightning times two in there. You know? Well, for one, when you pay Aaron Jones that amount of money, he better touch the ball a whole hell of a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and two. I like that you brought up Kylan Hill because he's somebody. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give your number two and then I'll go. Oh, okay. Okay. My number two. All right. So I was going to say, I'm glad that. Oh. Tyler's behind like a whole like three seconds. <laughs> for like three minutes, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Tyler. Get on that Wi-Fi. Jake, stay at number two. My number two is the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. That's my number the two. Super- Woo! <laughs> Ooh. That's 
good. That's a good bold <laughs> prediction. Hey. <laughs> Take big shits. All right. Ass. Jake, head to Vegas so right now. So what I wanted to say was that I'm glad that Isaac brought up Kylan Hill and that his he's turning some heads in, in training camp so far is that he could fill that that Tyler Irvin role that you know we talked about it a lot during last season about the role that Tyler Irvin plays, even though he's not a he's not a stat guy, but he still plays an important role by being all over the field anyway. So that's something that we could see you for a guy like Kylan Hill. So. Yeah, he can be our utility knife there. You know, like Fred hopped in here. You got a couple of comments. The Greek freak is done for Le- for Milwaukee. I want to add something to that Kylan Hill. Oh. I think he'll be a great special teamers. And I think he'll like Tyler Urban. I think Amari Rogers will be more of that role. Yeah, Amari Rogers. I think Amari Rogers will be more of that role. You pretty much just stole what I was going to say because our special teams has been what? The worst five special teams in the yeah. league for like a decade now. How, when, yeah. when is it time for us? to finally have a special teams that actually can help us on the football field. Like, Rodgers made it so that the special teams didn't have to be there. That's great, but the moment that we finally do need the special teams, they suck, let's be honest. They, they, they absolutely fail us in so many ways. If this guy Hill, and like you said, Rodgers, can be these guys that fills those voids and makes it so that we stop fumbling the ball – Stop getting two yards every punt return. Like, let's get this together. That's an important part of the game. Just like anything else, though, it's an attitude. You know, you gotta want to play. You gotta want to block. You know, I mean, all these guys are great athletes. You know, I mean, obviously they run circles around you and me, but (laughs) you know, when you got other athletes that are just as good. You know, you gotta just give him a crease. You know, the yeah. guy's gonna bust off 10, 15 yards. Yeah. And we need the person that is doing it to catch the ball. Well, <laughs> one thing, the biggest thing. One thing I'm sick of is watching. What's up, Cody? What up, hey, how's it going? I'm sick of watching the other team get to the 40 yard line every kickoff and watching our punt return team give up 25 yards every punt. That yeah. in the NFC Championship game. How many times were we on the 35-plus, and how many times were the Bucks on the 35-plus? Every single special teams, anything that happened. Yeah, that was terrible. Like, this needs to be fixed. That's a huge aspect of the game. I, uh, Since we're talking about special teams, last year when we signed uh, Tavon Austin, I thought he had been like a returner for us. Someone great. First thing he, was just, he was just ass too. I think he it's did absolutely coaching. nothing. I think it's more coaching and like the you know the coaching part for special teams that are not getting it done because we had we have some talent out there. But but coaching doesn't teach fumbling or help with the fumbling. That's well, just I, I'm pretty sure it was all, it, it was Tavon Austin's very first punt return. He fumbled mm-hmm. it, didn't he? Yeah, and I think picked so. it up and got like negative one yards or yeah. something. I think, I think, so. I think like getting away kind of the special teams um, talk. Another weapon that's going to help is Deguara. You know, Deguara. You know, he's a uh, he's kind of the Swiss Army knife type offensive player. 
You know, he can be HB for us, you know what I mean, tight end. You know, he's he's got wide receiver yeah. skills. He's supposed and, to be faster than Tanya. He's supposed to be a faster, more agile guy for us. So. Yeah, if DeGuar can pick it up right away, then Jay Sternberger is going to be gone. So, I, mean? yeah. I was just about to ask that. Are we all off the train of Sternberger then? Because Sternberger yeah. in college was a really great tight end for catching the ball. Yeah, Jay Sternberger had duty. his time, you know. and He's duty. He's done. Yeah. I mean, He's last done. season, last season he had no excuses. You know what I mean? Like the first season, yeah, he got injured, so you know we can leave. You know, what I mean, give Jay some leeway. But last season he had no excuses, and Rogers threw him the ball a couple times, and he was dropping passes. So you know, can't hey, have him on the team. It's kid of light time, right, Tyler? <laughs> even there? You might he might hear that comment in three minutes. <laughs> yep, I got my kid of light jersey on the way. Thank you, my buddy Nick. Um, gonna hop back into the Bucks just off of some of the comments. Fred saying the Greek freak has done for Milwaukee what LeBron did for Cleveland. Um, and then we'll be here's and ones from the Suns competing. Say, uh, so we want to definitely keep uh Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton in Tokyo. Um, not a, not a lot of uh rest in between for them, so uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they perform basically going straight from the finals to competing in the Olympics. Uh, and then had a comment from Daryl. I remember 1971 and that was grand, a long time coming. Yeah. It's 50 years is a long time. I mean, not a lot of people out there that, you know, remember the bucks winning that championship. How painful is that plane ride dude with Booker and uh, Drew Middleton? (laughs) I was wondering the same (laughs) thing. Are they going to have separate planes? Yeah. These are like Booker's in the corner crying, and <laughs> and Drew and uh, Middleton got big old smiles on their faces. You know, what I mean? they should fit so, Drew right next to Booker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wrong. Um, I need you to take him away. He's like you're always crying, dude. I just dealt with for six straight games this close to me. <laughs> so, did you guys talk about the wrapping at all? We did. You know what's the worst thing that I saw last night about Booker is he's using his off arm, his stiff arm, the whole game. I talked about the chicken wing from James Harden. He does yeah. it all the time. It's like, come on, is the refs not seeing this? He's using his off arm and pushing everybody away. Like <laughs> next year, the worst part about it is the elbow is up here. How do you yeah. not see that? Uh, all the way up here. It's not like a little little subtle thing, right? Or you use yeah. the shoulder. It's up here. He's yeah. literally holding people's arms up there. I'm like, how? How is he going with There were some runners he did where he literally extended, like not like the chicken wing. He extended his whole arm, like 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 he was fisting, like like trying to <laughs> put, I'm like you know what I mean, <laughs> like. Like he was putting his whole fist out there on a the guy. Like, hey, yeah. he made. I, I he was made going towards three. just uh. The crying after That's every actually call. Offensive. Yeah, he the may have crying. got saved because he was gonna get a baby from a Kardashian. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, he was saying the crying after that. every single time he put up a, a shot. I, I mean, my God, how, how did the ref never say shot it or it's a T? But, yeah, but the ref, yeah, they let him get away with a lot of drawing. The thing is, is the ref yeah, just not to Booker for some reason. The ref does do that, just not to Booker. Why? 
yeah. If that was the regular season, he would have been booted. Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what? Actually, thinking about that, Isaac, that's really interesting. Maybe the, the refs didn't do that, didn't team up and throw him out because they got so much backlash for throwing out Jokic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Remember that? That, that, was could a be, that could be something. Oh, there were a million articles written about that, about how Jokic shouldn't have been thrown out. He's the MVP. That was actually – you're right, Jake. You're right. That was actually a big thing. Yeah. I remember Stephen A. talking about that on ESPN. It's somewhere somewhere, Rasheed Wallace is kicking himself. Like, really? Every <laughs> <laughs> oh, time well, we talk about technicals, Rasheed Wallace's name comes up, man. <laughs> Ball don't lie, Rasheed Wallace's name comes up, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did anybody hear from Kendrick Perkins? Oh, oh yeah, he loves the Bucks now. By the way, oh, I oh, wow. really. Can, can we all can we all agree that Kendrick Perkins is the worst analyst on the planet? But like, genuinely, wow. just the worst. You ever listen to Brandon Marshall? He's pretty bad. Brandon Marshall's pretty <laughs> stupid. You mean the guy who pretends like he was good in the NBA? <laughs> right. No, no, no. That's not no no. He's talking about Brandon Marshall, the other one. Yeah, Brandon Marshall's pretty bad, foul. dude. Analyst, yeah, he's pretty bad. He talks about. I'm like, bro, just stick to catching footballs, man. Uh, I mean, nothing you're saying right now is surprising, and you just sound stupid. Mm-hmm. So I want to take a second, real quick, since Cody got in here late. Cody, I want to hear your favorite moment from the playoffs. <laughs> the big smile. <laughs> you're muted. Yeah, we can't hear you. We can see your cute kid though. <laughs> no, Sorry, can't hear you. Cody's nope. like the most tech savvy person that we know and doesn't know how to unmute. No, he always uh, is with the breaking news. Like, how does this guy know everything like four hours before ESPN? <laughs> you child proofed it, bro. Oh <laughs> boy. I can't hear you. This kid can barely hold his head up. He child proofed the computer. <laughs> Well, anywho, I want to know what people think about the Cubs. Oh, he's always working. working. Oh, goodness, the Cubs. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, buddy. They, they rallied they six in a row. Did they really? So they won six in a row, and they're in what, like 26th place? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, uh, Nick is a Giants fan, and Isaac. Hey, Nick, your your Giants could use fucking Kimbrel. I saw Rogers get fucking shelled last night. So, so let me ask Jake's dad: Is Buster Posey overrated and washed up? Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> is he washed up? It's overrated. Oh lord! All right. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> So anyways, about those bugs, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I still feel he's a good player. Is he overrated? I guess that goes to you. May think he is. The next guy doesn't. You know. I, I don't think he is. <laughs> Someone else thinks he is. <laughs> I wouldn't turn him off of my team or take, you know, I wouldn't push him away. <laughs> All right, you might as well just get to the next level of the question. 
<sighs> would you rather have Joe Maurer or would you rather have Buster Posey? I was getting there. <laughs> uh, don't we, split hairs. I don't want you to pick both sides. You got to pick one. I know well, how you're taking, you know, five years into their career. Their career. Yeah, at their peak, who is better? At their yeah. peak, who is better? Oh, that's tough. Oh. My dad always plays middle. My dad always sits in the middle. Like, uh, oh, I like this guy, but I like this guy. I want your I still say uh, Posey. Okay. Posey's defense is clearly better. <laughs> I mean, and Mauer's <laughs> what, point zero one now? Better batting average or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Mauer was a really good batter, though. Well, he was. Oh, yeah. They're both good hitters. Posey's hitting what three twenty-five this year or something after his after he took a year off. <laughs> like <laughs> can, Cody, can Cody still not comment? Can he still what, what's know. going on? Cody, say bucks and six. Cody's hacking the program right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to. I want to. Yeah, we're still one. waiting on Cody. He's kind of coming in and out. Um, I had one thing before. Before I forget, what's up? Have you ever seen a coach like last night? Monty Williams went in the Bucks locker room to congratulate him. I thought that was super cool of him. I can't recall ever seeing that before or no. I think I've seen Greg Pop do that. Well, I thought that was cool. I had a lot of respect for him. Yeah, that was, that was can, a lot of props to him for doing that. Can we be honest, though? Um, he has a lot of really bad moments of coaching, like a lot of them. But I will say for the finals, he kept his composure. and I think he kept the Bucks in it. I think he was a great coach for the finals. I just saw many, many moments where I went, yo, the Bucks head coach is really losing his touch these days. Like I think what it is, like the the series basically, you know, game one and two, the Bucks didn't really play their game. You know, they're you know selling for more jump shots and you know, trying to spread the ball. Then, you know, just like how it should be is they started playing inside more. Giannis started dominating the paint. They started implementing their size, and there's no answer the Suns can do because once Aiton is out of the picture, you're left with Jay Crowder trying to guard the paint, and, you know, good luck with Giannis steamrolling you. you so know? let's hear from the Bucks fans how they feel about Bud after winning as opposed to before winning the finals because good I'm question. telling you, it was polar opposites there for a minute. Okay, I'll go first. Um, how I feel about Bud. I'm not one of those people that right away because there's these fans in every fan base like, oh, fire this guy or let's trade this guy or let's release this guy. I'm not that guy. You know, I like to stay the course. I like to see what happens. Was Bud maybe on his – his leash was getting a little tighter, a little shorter? Yeah, probably. But – I thought he finally made the right adjustments. Oh, what was the adjustment? Let Giannis shoot the ball in the paint, set screens for Chris Middleton to get him wide open mid-rangers. It's not that hard to do. The thing that really makes me mad is sometimes with the defense is they just leave that corner three wide open for three quarters of the game, and people just eat us up in there. That happened the last couple of years in the playoffs. 
I mean, that's why teams were shooting such great three-point percentages against us is they knew the weak spot in the defense. I think finally they cleaned that up. I think a Drew Holiday really made a difference, though, being able to put that pressure, you know, being able to fight over screens. You know, they did – in game one, they did way too much switching, which was really, really pissing me off. That was just annoying. So that was bad defense. But once they got away from all that switching and just, you know, aggressive show, I think that was that was the series right there, in my opinion. So I feel okay about Bud. He's a good coach. I mean, he was he came from a good Spurs system, so he he should know how to win just from that. What do you think? One of the Tyler's. What do you think? Or my dad? Whichever one. I think the NBA is the hardest professional sport to coach. They're the biggest crybabies. <laughs> They're prima donnas. They all make big, big, big bucks, the stars anyways. You know, and I really feel, you know, the top 10 to 15 players, they don't listen. Um, I think he's a good coach. It ultimately comes down to the players. Because you see it so many times, especially with the Bucks, how fluid they can look with their offense in and out, you know, I mean, they get the wide open looks, but that's when they start going inside. And then they get to the second quarter, and they come down. One guy gets the ball. He dribbles about four times and shoots. And they get a defensive rebound, and then they're on defense again. It's like. He shortened his uh, bench up, obviously, for the finals. It was frustrating last night watching watching Giannis settle for jumpers. Yeah, there's no reason. There was no reason. Yeah. You know, that's where call the timeout and, you know, no, inside. Let's get the ball inside, work it inside out, you know. Do you guys remember last night in that fourth quarter when the game was close and Giannis just for no reason decided on the – it was like not the top of the key, but on the side of the key. He just jacked up a three, and it just did not even get close. And I went in the chat. I said, why would you ever think that that's what you needed in that moment? That's one of those things where it's like, as a coach, why are you even allowing that at that point? Again, yeah. you know, I mean, he... That's, that's always been my gripe with Coach Bud is that he doesn't put a... Uh, he doesn't give a shit for... Uh, <laughs> To, to limit any of that, he doesn't. He doesn't stop it. He just keeps going, and it's like the players take over, and he's just there. I think it's like the. I don't know why. It's like the heat of the moment. He needs to shoot that ball. It's like, man, you have the God-given ability to just bulldoze these guys over and just dunk on their faces. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just, man. You know, like he's he's do, he's he was doing what LeBron used to do back in the days was just back up a couple feet and then go straight to the rim and nobody can stop him from doing that. So there's no well, reason I think to shoot after that him. shot. I think after that shot, I think he did do a fake and he drove. And it's like mm-hmm. that's what you gotta do. Well, why does exactly. it take that miss three for you to that should be something that Bud's sitting there going, hey Giannis, you're not shooting a three this fourth quarter. That's not what we need. Like yeah. That should be just natural. And you would think he'd be a player that would actually listen to that advice, but 
You know, I think they give these stars, you know, it's like a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type situation. Yeah. Let me let me ask the Bucks fans in here. Do you think if you would have lost the series, Coach Bud would have been let go? Oh, 100%. Easy. 100%. He's yeah. gone. Yep. Yeah. So let me ask you if the Bucks just. If we lost the Brooklyn series, yes. Or Atlanta for that matter. If the Bucks just don't get because there's no the there's no reason they should have lost the Atlanta series. Yeah, it shouldn't have even been a series to be honest. They were way better than the Hawks. Should have so, lost the Atlanta series. And if the Bucks just don't there, get anywhere near the finals this year, do you think Bud is then on the hot seat again, or is this like now that they won the finals, it's it's like this like job security at this point? He only has one year on his contract. Yeah, but you know he's gonna stay. I think well, I think they give him. Might not renew it. Who, knows? who right now is available that could be better than Bud right now? There, there really isn't. Unless Mark Jackson, the Raptors, I'm gonna coach again, yeah. which never happens. There really isn't anybody to look at that's wonderful. The way the way I look at it is, if uh, Giannis vouches for him, he gets a contract extension. I think Giannis is more than more than half the situation where Darvin Ham. I was I was just gonna say what Isaac said because the only Giannis basically got Chris Middleton paid right. Yeah, you know I mean, because he he's like, hey, this is my boy. You know, you all saw it yesterday in the interview. He was like, you know, he was like, how do you feel about Chris Middleton? He's like, we did it, buddy. And yeah. then Chris is just like, yeah, man, we did it. You know, and like they just had that great moment. You know. Because they've been together for eight years. If Giannis vouches for Coach Bud, then he'll be yeah. You keep your star happy, Aaron Rodgers. You keep your star happy. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I said that a couple weeks ago. I said that a couple weeks ago, dude. And Rodgers Rodgers is is. Do you see his tweet yesterday? No. He talked about how the the owners did a great job putting this team together. The GM did a great job. You know, he pointed out. You know the the player personnel people like he pointed all these people out and i told tyler before the show i was like tyler we're in the business where we kind of have to read between the lines and you know comprehend what these people are saying i think yeah. rogers is throwing shade at the packers right there subliminals i really yeah. do mm-hmm. you know well and then um wilkins and i were kind of talking too in the chat is like uh he kind of questioned why rogers wouldn't be there and i was like I wouldn't be there either because media will just follow him around. He goes to the bathroom. You know, you got Adam Schefter sliding under his legs while he's yeah. you know, using oh a urinal. God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to get a sound bite, you know? Like, I wouldn't Rogers be there on the left side of the toilet, which means <laughs> he is out. He is gone. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the guy can't even get nachos without, you know what I mean, five people asking him if he's going to be a Packer or not, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I said this to, to Jake years ago. As good as ESPN is for sports, they are also that bad for sports. Oh, yeah. I agree. You know, back in the day, even with Favre, how they had somebody outside of Favre's house and all that stuff, you know. Well, I mean, come time. on. This is – some of these the guys, person. they're human, man. They're, they, yeah. Okay, they're not just like you and me, but they are. Yeah. They still have families and all that crap. You know, it's like, leave them alone. Yeah, I didn't like how Schefter, you know, comes out with that. 
with the details on the Bucks' day. You know what I mean? Like, you're ruining something for the fans. And when he came out with that in the draft day, you're ruining kids' dreams. You know what I mean? All yeah. they're talking about is Rodgers instead of these kids that are getting finally their NFL moment. And every commercial is, like, talking about where's Rodgers going to go, you know? Here's the evilness of the media is the whole world went Aaron Rodgers is so selfish that his name is everywhere. It's not Aaron Rodgers' fault that some report came out that even Adam Schefter himself admitted to not having sources when he said he did. This is not Aaron Rodgers' fault, but the world works in such a way that words can be skewed and everyone thinks Aaron Rodgers is now an arrogant prick and he is selfish and wants all the limelight. That that that's I think he did the right thing by just staying quiet. Yep. He's never really been that guy to make noise in the media though. So why all of a sudden, you know, 16 years into his career, he's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I just want to be the main story, especially on draft day. Or when the he's a minority order in the Bucks. Of course he wants the you know the Bucks to have the limelight. You know what I mean? Like yeah, why no incriminate reason. yourself? Spencer's an asshole. That's all yeah. I know. Why incriminate yourself? You know what I mean? Just you know, just stay with between the lines. He doesn't really yep. have to say anything. You know? No, he doesn't. The best things said are things that aren't said. Exactly. That's exactly what Roger said too. He said at sometimes least, the quietest person point, in the room is most powerful. If Schefter said tomorrow that Rogers said he's coming back, I'd go. I don't believe you now. I just don't believe anything you say at this point. Like, this is something that needed to be done a long time ago, where people need to stop giving so much credit to reporters, because unless you're uh, Wojorski, you really have, I'm not even going to believe anything you said anymore. Yeah, why is everybody ignoring uh, Rogers' teammates, or former teammates that are hanging out with him that say, you know, he could possibly report, he could report, but he's going to Schefter. Because they're being biased. Yeah. Right? Bias. <laughs> I think it's, it's a big deal that people want to – the people want the downfall of the Packers so bad that oh, yeah. they'll point out an article from a former offensive lineman from the Denver Broncos on draft night that says a deal is as close to 100% as it could be and then, you know, have literally nothing happen. Yep. <laughs> what was it, July 3rd, where everyone was like the – the reports are coming out like Rogers plans on opting out. And you're like, really? Well, I keep hearing that, but it's July 21st now. And I keep hearing that. Yeah, I know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Rogers is going to go here and there and here and there. And <laughs> well, all these... Yeah. I, I just think that all of us do need to have a certain mindset though. Look, I'm one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers apologists you'll meet. But I'm getting to the point where I just don't really care anymore about this whole thing. I just don't care anymore. We're we're moving on with or without you at this point, and that's how it's got to be. Yeah, we just got to wait it out till he hits. If he shows up to camp or not, because every day they're gonna come up with a new story <laughs> about Rogers, and it's gonna mislead everybody. You know. I'm just hoping that Jake and I see him next Wednesday when we go to Packers practice. That would be. I want to see him throw do that throwing drill with the, in the end zone. Get him on the show. I just feel like if I said, "Hey, all six of us, raise your hand if you think we need Rogers to come back," all six of us would. Hey, just wear a 
Just wear a Zenith watch and he'll find you. <laughs> yeah. Go to every golf course. He'll be out. Right? <laughs> but I wonder if I asked us all to raise our hand if we think we need Rogers. We'd all raise our hand. Now, I think at this point it's so late in the game that if I asked, are we sick of hearing about it and we're over it? I feel like most of us would go, yes. I'm just, I'm so done being jerked around, emotionally being in this realm where one somebody says something that I love and I'm like, oh, and then someone says something I hate and I go, nah, like I'm just sick of doing it. You know what I mean? You know what's funny too is the rival fans are like, <clears throat> yeah, there's so much turmoil. You know, if Rodgers comes back, there's gonna be, how's there gonna be any turmoil? Rodgers knows like the playbook, like the back of his hand. He already said he memorized all of LaFleur's plays. So, like, what is what is Rodgers going to miss out on? <laughs> right. Plus, he, he has to learn the timing of the new guys. That's it. That's yeah. it. Timing of the new guys. And Rodgers can learn that like that because he's the smartest guy in every room he walks into. Oh, yeah. Now, now, you guys don't remember this name, but Ken Rutgers, he played left tackle for the Packers years ago. Never showed up for the mini camps. And then miraculously, about two weeks before the season, he came in, practiced, and was a starting left tackle. See, that's why we were man on the show. I don't need to be here. I don't want to wear my body out, you know, all this yeah. good stuff. I'm that's pretty cool. sure Brad Tiari could do that today. Yeah. Why is he even at camp? Oh, no, now they get fined big time. I thought the team chooses to find him, or is it the NFL? I thought the team can choose to. Put yeah, the, the, team, fine, the team can wave it off. They can wave the penalties off. But when it comes to training camp, the CBA has to have them there. Oh, they get right. yeah. And it's all part of that agreement, you know, to get the big bucks. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, Bakhtiari could not train one minute and be the best left tackle in the game still. <laughs> hey, I'm going to quote – definitely uh, the best beer chugger, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to quote Alan Iverson here. We're talking about practice. Oh. <laughs> Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. Right. And let's be honest. Rashawn Gary, if you're not there, we're mad. If 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 Stokes, or, or you know what, let's be honest, Kevin King, you better be at practice. You better be at practice. At this Kevin point. King needed OTAs after the NFC Championship game. That's how bad he was. You I'd rather leave him off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin King needs a shrink, a doctor, and a coach. <laughs> I mean, like, you better be wow. there doing everything you can, right? Well, so you want to you want to take him out for dinner, huh? <laughs> if, that, if, that make, if that makes it so he doesn't get burnt in the NFC Championship game, I'm all for it. You know how hey, the, I I always stick up for King. I don't fucking know why, but. There shouldn't have been single high safety coverage on that play either. You know how Lazar that was just stupid coaching. I agree, it was a bad timing down. I mean, come on here, let's. They scored zero on fourth down. What do you think they're gonna run? You have your slowest guy on the back end against the fastest guy they have on the whole team. Yeah, with no back coverage, you you just I I just. I don't know what to say. Dude, all you it took was him to miss that jam, and it was over. That's all it took. You know, and obviously, you know, he Lazard, you know how Lazard always crowns Devontae Adams after a touchdown? King yeah. should snatch that right off his head. 
Oh, <laughs> oh man. Hey, so, Stokes, I'm, I'm hoping Stokes is that guy that we he's, – he's the guy, you know what I mean? saying like, Stokes is turning heads everywhere right now. He's blanketing people. I don't know if you got – like, I, I'm, I already know you guys saw those reports. He's blanketing people in practice. That's the word that they use. He's faster than everybody we got. We are possibly what, a top three fastest uh, backfield for the secondary the, for secondary for the entire NFL right now. Oh, Savage can fly too. Yeah, Amos, 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 Amos does it all. Yeah, Amos, you just think of him as a thumper, but he can move, man. That oh. dude's fast. And, yeah. and Jay Alexander's like okay, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> Jay Alexander. He's okay. So, so when we were talking, my dad was talking about how players are humans. I was at the mall a couple of years ago. This was Jair's rookie year, and he was at the mall with MVS. And I remember my dad telling me all the time that they're people and they just want to enjoy their time. So I didn't go up and say hi to them, but I saw them at the Appleton Mall, and I should have said hi to them, you know, looking back on it because I, I like both players. But I, I always just think about when my dad said they're just people and they want to enjoy their time. So I just left them alone. I should have said hi to them, but <laughs> – Jair Alexander, dude, was like 10 feet away from me. That was badass. If he was that early in his career, he wants you to boost his ego. So you should have said hi. I didn't want 100 people coming up to him, though, and ruining his whole day. It's different situations. You know, if it was super crowded and it would have drawn a lot of attention to him, Mm. I do agree with the young. He's young, so he probably would have liked it. But, like, you know, if they're over to dinner or something with their family or a loved one or something, then no. You should have been like, hey, oh, look, it's Jalen Ramsey's owner. <laughs> well, that's Devontae Adams, first of all. Oh, yeah, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> all right. Well, Jake and I will be at the, the Packers practice next Wednesday, so hopefully we can uh, get some good news out there about the Packers. Um, I want to thank all you guys for joining the show. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to share about the Bucks because we're here celebrating the Milwaukee Bucks championship. And um, don't forget, for any of you that follow the show, follow the pages, um, follow the Wisco Fanatics page. Um, for every share of a post during July, uh, you'll get entered in. And then at the end of July, we're going to do a drawing for a $25 Parker Johns gift card. So we're thankful to have Parker Johns as our first official sponsor. And um, we're going to have gift cards to give away from Parker Johns. Um, we're excited for the Packers, excited for the Brewers. We're going to talk about a lot more next week. And we're going to break down all the games of the Bucks next week as well. I see Pat's got his Parker Johns. Uh, That's pretty cool. Parker ball, Johns ready to go there. Uh, <laughs> so um, I don't know if you guys have anything open. else as far as the, the Bucks or the Packers. Um, looking forward to having another Packers season and uh, seeing if we can uh, pull off a, a Packers, Bucks, Brewers, and see if we can get three championships all in the state of Wisconsin this year. I um I just once again want to say as a Lakers fan, that's like the greatest feeling in the world. So I'm so happy for you guys. That's so awesome. It's been 50 years. I was genuinely happy, like for Bucks fans and the Bucks in general. That was just really cool to watch. So congratulations for real. Thank yeah. you. Congrats, guys. Thanks, you know, lots of Kupos are all champions. Three out of four. He's got a younger brother coming up yet. That's only 19. Oh yeah. wow. Then he need him. He's playing overseas, right? Yeah. No, that's close. Well, yeah, and Kosas is playing no, overseas Alex. now too. Kosas, yeah, Kosas went back. Yeah. Alexis is coming over yet. He's only nineteen. Yeah, doesn't he have a brother, Alex? 
I thought yeah. his name was that. Yeah. Alex. He's the one that was at the game last night that he hugged after his mom. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, well, when he grabbed the phone? Yep. Yeah. He was FaceTiming somebody or whatever, and he's yelling. <laughs> it had to be Thanasis. Dude, they got to have such yeah. a strong bond because of what they went yeah. through together. Oh, yeah. Mm. But congrats, guys. I mean, enjoy it. Thank it's you. A, Thank it's you. A big moment, you know what I mean? In uh, Milwaukee, you know what I mean? It's very huge. And Deer District went crazy. All right, Jake, you got anything else before we uh, sign off and uh, get ready for our show next week? Bucks and six, baby. That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys all for joining and, and sharing your your uh, Bucks celebration. And um, yeah, that's awesome. We're able to get a championship for the Milwaukee Bucks. That's very exciting to see Giannis with his championship hat on. So, all right, oh, guys, yeah. take care. We'll uh, be talking to you guys all soon. Thanks for joining the show again. Later. Thanks, boy. Talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.